your burdens at the cross. Leave your burdens at the cross. There's no worries there. Even in your darkest hour. Even in your darkest hour. He is always there. Where you are now. Where you are. No matter how far. It is time. It is time. Get ready for revival. Oh, now. Open up your nets. Get ready for a catch. Get ready for revival. Oh, Lord, now. First you must believe. Then you can receive. Get ready for revival. Oh, Lord. Open up your nets. Get ready for a catch. Get ready for revival. Now. First you must believe. Then you can receive. Get ready for revival. Are you ready? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel the fire? Can you feel the fire? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel Can you feel the fire? Do you want the fire to you want it? Do you want it? Do you want the fire? Do you want the fire to you want it? Do you want it? Do you want the fire? Yes, I want it now. Oh yes, I Can we shout if we're ready for the Lord to revive us, the Lord to touch us, the Lord to bless us? I'm excited about that. Well, good morning to you this morning. I hope that you've had an incredible morning. We believe this is going to be an incredible day today, man. 
We believe with all of our heart here at Stratford Heights Church of God that when we get together, we believe it's divine. We believe that when we gather together, God wants to accomplish something in our midst, in your life, in my life, our lives together. Isn't that amazing? It's, it's not just when God he does something for us, but God does something for us to do it for, for all of us, to minister to us and bless us. So it's, it's tremendous. We're so glad that you're here today. I was thinking on the way over here how incredible it is when we, uh, when we come into God's house. God's already here. We come into God's house, and we just connect with what God wants to do, and it's amazing. You're here today on purpose. I believe that. Amen. Amen. Look to your neighbor real fast and just shake their hand and say, you look good. You look good. Okay, turn and look to your other neighbor and say, you look even better. I had a couple of, of in-house, as you're talking, there are a couple of in-house announcements we needed to make. If you have ordered some flowers for Mother's Day, they are here today. They can be picked up between 2 and 4 o'clock today, sometime this afternoon, if you order those Mother's Day flowers. Also, the Strat Girl Talk Luncheon is this Saturday at 11.30, and you contact Linda Ingham if you have any questions. It's free for all women. If you have any questions, uh, check that out. Also wanted to make sure that you are gearing up for revival in just a couple of weeks. The great Reverend Lane Sargent will be with us, and we're excited about that. You, we can clap for that. That's okay. That's okay. And also wanted to make sure that uh, we love to grow, we love the church to grow, and we love for people to become members of the church and to grow in what, who the church of God is and to know more about what this church is and what we're all about. And this Wednesday night begins a, a Grow Track class that the pastor will be doing, and, uh, and you, you can check that out in room 512. And so also, right after the, the service, the AM service this morning is a meet and greet with the pastoral staff. So one more time, just, just uh, lean over to that person to, to that's next to you and give them a big hug now. Just give them a big hug right there. Okay. There it is. There it is. All right. Now, we want to make sure this is your first time ever at Stratford Heights Church of God. We have some connectors that are here, and we want to make sure to get you some information and connect you with what's going on here at the church, because we believe that you're here on purpose. With that being said, all of our regular attenders, get out of your seat, welcome somebody uh, into the house of God. If this is your first time, be seated. We want to make sure to get you uh, some information. Thank you very much. God bless you. Praise you, Lord. Lord, you 
heaven is winning the loss. My destiny's in the great harvest. I'll reach them no matter the cost. Lord, you have given me purpose. My passion is winning the loss. My destiny's in the great harvest. I'll reach it no matter the cost. Hey, you give me joy.
moment I I want you to go into that upper room I want you to get a vision in your heart this morning when Jesus looked into the eyes of his disciples the Bible says he he took the bread and he took the, the cup the wine that you hold in your hand this morning he said this represents my body this represents the blood covenant he looked at them and if he could have said anything in particular, I kind of envisioned him looking right in their eyes and saying something along this line. One day, you know, the enemy is going to come. He's going to lie to you, deceive you, try to torment you. He's going to try to trap you and try to pull your faith down and strip you of your power. Going to do his very best to come against you in every way. But when he does... You remember what I've done for you. You remember the blood that I spilled at Calvary. You remember the body that was broken for you. And when that old slew foot, when that old liar, when that old devil, that dragon, when he comes at you and he tries to take away the confidence, the assurance you have inside of you, you hold up the bread. Jesus says, as often as you do this, as often as you eat this bread, and as often as you drink this cup, don't you dare forget. Let it be a remembrance that when the enemy comes in like a flood, there has been a standard raised, a standard against him. He cannot come against you. He cannot touch you. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion. It doesn't say he is one. It just says he makes the noise like one, walking around seeking whom he may devour. How many of you know this morning, we remember. And because of Calvary, because the tomb is empty, because the blood was spilled, you and I have redemption this morning, and we have a shout. That's why we shout. That's why we dance. That's why we get excited. We're not here built up on emotions and things like that, except to say that I get pretty emotional 
when I think about what Jesus Christ did for me. And every time the enemy tries to take that away from me, he tries to discourage me in any way, I'm going to hold up the bread. I don't ever want us to get to the place where we, we take communion very regularly in our church. And we do this. I want you to know a church didn't make it up. Jesus did. He said, as often as you do this, as often as you drink this and eat this bread, he says, you do so to show forth my death until I come back. How many of you are listening for a trumpet? Can you almost hear a trumpet this morning? Until he come back. So we take the bread. And we hold the cup. And this morning, I don't want our communion to be like any other time. I don't want it to just be a sacrament. I want it to be a memorial. A memorial that drives a stake in the ground loud and clear for the devil to hear and for the world to see. We are believers in Jesus Christ. What he has set in order in motion in the church, we stand with and behind and we will not forget. Amen? Paul said, For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, Take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord, for your body. Thank you for the body that was bruised, that carried our griefs and our sorrows. Thank you, Lord. Someone's receiving strength in their body even now while you've taken communion. We sense your presence so strong in this place this morning, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We honor you. He says, and in the same manner, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For you show forth my death till I come. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. As you put your cup down now, would you lift up your hands and honor the presence of the Lord in this house? Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the sacrifice of Jesus. Wounded for our transgressions. Bruised for our iniquities. Chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes were healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Every one has gone his own way. But the Lord hath laid on him the iniquities of us all. Oh, we praise you, Lord. We honor your presence. We lift your name up this morning. We recognize your presence here in this house, and we give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for the blood this morning. The old song says the blood will never lose its power. We're reminded of that this morning. Amen? Now, would you help me? I want heaven to hear it. I want us to bring forth such an applause of praise and honor to Jesus that God opens up the very clouds of heaven and lets it come right in before the throne. <laughs> Hallelujah.
you know you can't you can't figure this up it, it don't just happen the Spirit of the Lord is here in a powerful way lives were transformed and changed in that first service and it's happening again right here in this service this morning I want you I see in my spirit I, I see in my heart that God wants to do there are people in this room that need they need peace in the midst of anxiety you are going through the trial the tri tribulation of your life and you need God to do something amazing right here for you this morning. I, I feel he has spoke that into me that by faith, peace is going to rain down in this house over those folks. And they're going to sense and know a difference from this service forward. I want you right now, if you would agree, some need healing in the house. Some are standing back and they're going through trouble. They, they don't necessarily want to come forward, but God knows where you are. I said, God knows where you are. He knows where you are checked in my spirit. He wants you to know he's the God of your situation. So I want you right now, if you would turn to two or three around you, I just, if it's your family, your wife, your husband, just turn right now. And in agreement, the Bible says if any two will agree, touch a thing, it'll be done. I'm believing right now for miracles to take place. We're here to see miracles take place, and we believe it right now. Would you pray for that one that's beside you right now? God, in the name of Jesus, we believe you, we thank you, we honor you, we bless your name. We give you praise and glory, Lord, for the work that is being done in this house. Faith has risen before the throne. And God, faith is what pleases you. And your people have faith to believe you today. Faith to believe you for miracles, Lord. I believe you, God, for the peace that surpasses all understanding to reign like a storm in this house. Touch your people. Minister, God, to those that need deliverance, those that need healing, those that need your touch. We ask you these things, not in our name, not because of who we are, but because of you and in your name. We thank you for it all. For it's in the blessed name of Jesus Christ that we have our being, that we breathe our air, that we have our life, and that we live victorious. And we thank you for it today. And in that name we pray. And everybody said amen together.
Why don't you put your hands together and give the Lord praise? Come on now, let's not do it halfway. Let's do it. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Man. How many of you like to go to church? <laughs> Isn't it great? I like being here today. I love what he's doing all day long. If I left right now, I've been blessed from 8.30 forward. But I'll stick around for y'all. I want to tell you about something. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Somebody said thanks. I want to tell you something. Sister Becky Wiley, is she here today? Becky, are you back there? Right now is the moment when the Lord wants us to tell what happened with you. She went to the doctor and, and Rick called me on the phone and we had prayer on the phone and we had believed and believed. The, the doctor couldn't have told her any worse news. He told her all the things, the ugly things nobody wants to hear about cancer and about what was in her, her body physically and her throat. She was a nervous wreck and she believed God. Rick believed God. We had faith. We just hung on and we just wouldn't hear anything else, would we, Becky? Wouldn't, wouldn't listen to anything else. But you know, when you're carrying that kind of thing, you're still a little, you're anxious about it. And I sensed in her heart when she came down to the altar one Sunday, she came walking down and boy, she just broke before the Lord. And I want to tell you, the Lord did something right then. I mean, I'm talking fire fell from heaven. It touched her right where she was. And I looked at her and Rick and we, all of us agreed. And we said, whatever it is, it's done right here. Well, I want you to know the doctor confirmed that. It was zero, nothing. She's good this morning. God turned it around by touch, by his Holy Spirit. Ah, isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? Give him praise. Give him honor and give him glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Doctor even made comment to him about, well, you must be praying. You, your prayers did a good thing. And it did. Whatever they saw, it wasn't there the second time around. I said, whatever they saw wasn't there the second time around. Hallelujah. So we praise God with Becky. We praise God with you, many of you that have seen God do miraculous and wonderful things. He is a, he is a God who hears the cries of his people. He is still delivering today. Don't believe what those folks out there tell you. The day of miracles is not over. The day of fire and the power of God is not over. And the church is not weak. And the church is not dying. The church is alive. And the church is alive. Hallelujah. Thank God. Amen. I get so excited. I can't hardly stand it. Rick, I just, I could just shout. I could just stay up here and just walk around all day long. I get so excited. I get excited about the things that I think I ought to get excited about. You know, I see people out there. I mean, I watched a guy the other day. He literally painted himself up. I mean, I was watching a game, and this guy took off his shirt, painted himself every color under the sun had some big old wig on that looked like a curly clown, and he was jumping, screaming, almost fell off the balcony over a little leather football. And I was like, well, praise God. That guy, you know, he needs that in his life. 
I'm so happy for him. But I know another, another champion. He gave himself for me and he won the game. In the biggest game of my life, he won. He won. And I am victorious this morning. The devil thought he had me, but Jesus reached out and grabbed me. Oh, hallelujah. The power of the Lord has come through in my life and yours, and we have something to dance about this morning. We have something to shout about. We got something to be excited about. And I want to tell you, I'm, don't worry. I'm not going to take off my shirt and paint my body. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to almost scream and holler and shout before the rocks cry out. And I'm going to say, praise, praise the name God. of the living, living God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Man. I wish you could feel what's up here. <laughs> He's done something for you this morning. If you believe it, say amen. amen. He's done something for you this morning. Glory to God. It just feels good to be in church. All right. What's next? All right, Brian. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you can be seated. He sure has showed up big today. I've been broken since this morning. We sang that song that we just did now when Lindsay hit the chorus about it all being about him. It just broke me. Because there's a lot of times we come in here focused on our needs, focused on our problems, focused on our lives what we like, what we want. And that keeps us from worshiping, forgiving God what he deserves. And when she hit that chorus, it cut through me. I don't know if it cut through you, but it cut through me. It was like a wake-up call telling me, Brian, it's not about you. It's not about my needs. It's not about what I want. It's not about what I like. It's about giving the one who's worthy what he deserves. We've come to this place today hungry and broken. We've come to worship the one who's worthy. Because no matter what happens in our lives, no matter what's going on with you right now, no matter what struggle you have, no matter what battle you're fighting, his word promises that if you focus on him, if you stay focused on him, someday he's going to deliver you from that. He's going to work out his will in your life. So we can't allow those things to be roadblocks for us, to be barriers for us when we come into his house. We come, we open our hearts, and we pour out to him, and we give him what is worthy. Our ushers are coming right now to serve us as we continue in our worship with our giving. And we're not called just to meet a need. Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians that we're called to give generously to go above and beyond. Matter of fact, in the eighth chapter, the title of the chapter is Generosity Encouraged. Verse seven, he says, but just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, 
see that you also excel in this grace of giving. And I had to study more. I wanted to understand fully what grace of giving meant. And so I brought some notes to share this morning. So just as God expects us to demonstrate great faith, godly speech, growing knowledge of him, and genuine love for his people and purposes, God also expects us to be generous with our God-given resources. He wants us not simply to do well in this spiritual discipline, but to excel, to go above and beyond what might be expected. By demonstrating extreme faith and dependence on God, God never asks us to give more than we're able with his help, but he may stretch us beyond what we feel is possible, as so to increase our faith. God simply asks that we give willingly, which should not be a problem after all. When we give to God, when we give to his purposes, our efforts are multiplied many times over, and the blessings return to us in ways that cannot be measured in earthly terms. Let's praise him and let's go in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your move that's been with us all morning. We spill your spirit, and we know, Lord, that you're ministering to your people. Lord, and we give to you this morning out of our heart of worship. Lord, we love you. We honor you in this place. Lord, and we ask, Lord, that this, this offering we give this morning won't just meet a need, but it will exceed the needs of your church as we reach out to people for you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Amen. Go ahead and give him praise. You want to. Even the sound system wanted to give praise. Don't stand up with me this morning. Stand, if you will. Reading of God's Word. Go to the Old Testament in 2 Kings chapter 4. And read verses 1 through 7. I'm going to ask you a question this morning. What, what do you have? What do you have in your hands? We know that God parts the Red Sea. We know that He can take care of any situation. It can rain down fire on the altar. God can do those things, and He has done those things. But I want to tell you that God also is in the miracle-working business right where you live and right where you are, and He can use what you have in your hands. Some folks live one revival to the next. You need to say amen or oh me. They live, you know, from one fad to the next, one spiritual high to the next. They, they just go looking for things. I've known people that literally travel, you know, revival to revival, state to state, looking for something new, something fresh, something, something here, something there. Just, just constantly and, and I'm not going to say anything is wrong with that their intention is good and right and God honors it but I want to tell you God has a miracle where you live right where you are in your life and situation he knows where you are you don't have to go chasing after God several years ago there's a book out called God Chasers and, and I loved it it was a good book and and it, it's a classic. And I know that there have been times in my life when I've meant business and I got locked away and I was determined I was not going to leave there until I got my answer. So I understand what it is to chase after God. How many of you know, though, most of the time it's not about trying to find Him. It's about getting to the place where I can hear Him. Somebody says, oh, I'm going to fast. I'm going to get a hold of God. It's like, you know, you mean you're going to fast so God can get a hold of you. That's what it is. God, get a hold of me. God, get a hold of you. Boy, I wish you'd been here last Sunday night. My goodness, how many were here last Sunday night? I'm telling you, Holy Ghost explosion in this place. The Lord did so many things for people. I never, I, it just, we prayed. I must have prayed for 250 people myself. I don't know who all, I'm telling you, the power of the Lord fell in this place. The Lord, I, I had a message I was going to preach, and we didn't get to it because the Holy Spirit, he did the ministering all night. He gave, he gave word to people. He, he gave scripture. We preached and exhorted, and yet at the same time, the power fell in this place. Sometimes God just does those type of things. He, he's a powerful, powerful God. But God wants to ask the question this morning, what's in your hands? What's in your hands? God wants to bless. He wants to show you his power right where you are this morning. 2 Kings chapter 4. Beautiful verse of scripture. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming take my two sons to be his slaves. 
Then the very next verse says, so Elisha said to her. Now, you've got to put that together in the connotation. I kind of see that as her kind of going to Elisha and not going lightly. She's just come back from the cemetery. She's buried her husband who worked for the church, who was a son of prophet, a, a young man, uh, maybe not so young, but he was mentored by Elisha or Elijah, part of that crew. He served the, the uh, some of the theologians will tell you that this was Obadiah was her husband and he took care of the prophets, literally spent all he had feeding and uh, taking care of all the prophets that were working in those days. And so here she comes. And you, somebody might say, well, she had a little bit of an attitude. I think she had an attitude. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elijah, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he feared you and served the Lord. And she said, now, the creditor's coming. And he's going to take my two sons to be his slaves to pay the debt. She looked at him more or less and was like, so what are you going to do about it? And Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house. I'll have nothing left. My husband's dead. My boys are getting ready to be taken. I don't have no means of survival. I have nothing. The only thing I've got in the cupboard right now is a little jar of oil. That's all I got left. He said, then go. Borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out, poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. He said to her, there's no other vessel left. So the oil ceased. So then she came and told the man of God and he said, go Sell the oil and pay your debt. And what you have left over, you and your sons will live on the rest of your life. Father, we ask you to bless your word. Touch us this morning as we are challenged, God, to believe you for the miracles. That, God, we need in our lives to live and to be sustained and to take care of our families. And, Lord, that you will meet the need that we have. And no matter what desperate or hopeless or helpless situation we find ourselves in, because you are God. When we serve you faithful, when we're obedient to you, Lord, we are your children, and our needs are taken care of. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. As I said, I want, I want to speak to you about what you have. What, what do you have in your own family? What do you have in your house? What are, what are the things God is going to bless and touch in your life? That he's going to prove himself to you. All God needs for a miracle may be something that you're holding in your hands. It, it may be something small, insignificant to you. It may be all that you have left. But I want to tell you what this story, this illustration says to us loud and clear. And why it's included in this word is very simple. It wants to get across a message to every one of us that says this. Our Father God 
Our God is an all-sufficient God. He is all-sufficient. He doesn't lack anything. His resources are unlimited. God's fullness is unrestricted. His graces and mercies are never-ending. They're infinite. He will never have a bad day or an off day. He will never find himself in a weakened state. He is a powerful God. And I wrote these things down. God can make something out of your nothing. Didn't that sound just like TBN? Oh, wait, it's not over yet. He can take care of everything out of your anything. I mean, somebody ought to shout just right there. I wrote those things down and I said, Lord, I sound just like a TV preacher. God can make something out of your nothing. He can take care of everything out of your anything. And then I wrote this down, which you've heard probably a million times, but I changed it a little bit. Little is much when... Oh, then y'all just sound sweet. I said, I wrote this down. Little is much when God has it all. Little is much when God has it all. I want to get across a message in the next few minutes that I have with you that just simply says this. Many times, great blessings come out of great trouble and difficulties. I tried to preach a message last Sunday night, and the Lord's released me to preach it tonight. Lessons in affliction. I'm learning in my life as I come into a, a, a little older stage of my life, I'm learning that God doesn't allow anything to come into my life that what it doesn't work for my good. It works for my good. It's there to help me. God is always working good. His power in my life has always got something attached to it that you need to remember. Goodness. The shepherd said in Psalm 23 when David was writing about that, he said, Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. The power of God is always connected to his goodness. God will always bring you out and bring you through. He'll take care of you every time. The widow's situation seemed hopeless. She was looking at a situation where it didn't look like there was a tomorrow for her. If they come and took her sons, she'd have nothing left. And I don't know if you've ever been there before, but I have. I've been in a place where I didn't know what I was going to do next. I've been in those situations. And, and there are times God has to speak to the foundation we're standing on currently. And he has to allow us to go through adversity or tribulation or affliction in order to crush the very foundation we're standing on so that we'll stand on a better and more, more righteous and a more truthful foundation. I know in my own life there was one time in particular where I went two weeks and in the two weeks I, I had had a devastation uh, tragedy happen to my family and, and, and it was, there was a death of someone I loved dearly. It was one of the very first times that someone very close to me had died. And it, it, was, uh, it was an aunt of mine that it was uh, very close to my family. She used to go here. Her name was Aunt Millie. And when she died... I had prayed and we had fasted and we believed God for a miracle and I just didn't understand when we walked out of her house at 3 o'clock in the morning and left her there. I didn't understand that and I was, I was still trying to learn and grow as a young Christian and as a minister, a youth minister at the time. And I remember I went through two weeks where I literally, I, I couldn't understand what God was doing and, and I, I was upset and I, I wouldn't pray. Now, now maybe you, you just think I'm, I'm terrible but... For two weeks, I didn't pray. I didn't want anything to do with him. I, I was mad. I was upset. I'd never been mad at God in my life. I'd actually been taught by my mother, don't you ever be angry at God. 
Don't you ever even have an attitude towards the Lord. As a matter of fact, she was that way towards her. She said, don't you ever even act like you got a problem with me, boy. And I'll never forget, I was 16 years old. It was the very first time I ever showed an attitude to my mother. You young people, listen up. Her name was Mary. And my mother was a godly little woman, hardly this tall, this tall. I was in the kitchen, and I decided at 16, I could show attitude. So I looked at her, and I was just like, Pfft. that's all I did. I didn't want to say anything. I just Pfft. made this noise and rolled my eyes and looked away. She reached across the counter. She grabbed me by the jaw. She pulled me in as close as she could. And she said, little boy, you ever act like you got a problem with me again, and you'll eat blood all the way to your bedroom. And I stood back and she said, now you go to your room for a little while. I'll come get you when you're done. And, I'll, and you shut that door. And when you shut it, you better shut it nicely. And I walked back to my room. <laughs> but she taught us, don't you ever have a problem with God. But you know, sometimes in our humanity and sometimes in our life, we get to this place where our questions become bigger than we are. And I remember that this particular time in my life, I was upset. I was in ministry. I'll be honest with you. I was going to resign. I, I started looking for a new job. I was determined that I was going to step away from this. I, I went through a season. It was a dark two weeks for me. And the Lord brought me out and, and brought me out in a miraculous way. And, and he, but he, would, he wouldn't talk to me neither. For two weeks, I was by myself. And one day, I walked into the family bookstore. And, and I was looking at the books. And I saw a book there. And I just kind of almost with a cocky attitude, I picked the book up and it said, where is God when you are hurting? And I was like, hmm, I don't know. And I put, picked up the book and, and I, walked by, I walked by the counter and, and I, I saw a CD that, from the group Truth. And, and I loved the group Truth and, and I, I wanted to have that. It was the new 30-year celebration and so I bought it and, and I thought, well, that's for me. <laughs> this one's for God. Okay, God, you can speak to me in this book. And then this music, that's just going to be for me. So I, I went to the counter. I bought it all. Went to my car. I put the CD in, and I looked at the book, and I threw the book on the seat. And I was just like, huh, maybe he'll speak to me in that book. I was upset. I was angry. I put the CD in, the very first song. I'll never forget it. I hadn't spoken to him in two weeks. The first song started, and it said, Jesus never fails Jesus never fails so you might as well get thee behind me Satan you cannot prevail cause Jesus never fails and I felt the spirit of God rush in my car and I looked up and I said yeah you did and he said, oh, no, I didn't. And he said, when you walked out of that house at 3 o'clock in the morning and you saw defeat, you saw unanswered prayer, he said, you didn't see the waltz that her and I were doing. He says, I walked over to her bed while y'all were standing there, and I reached out my hand to her, and I saw this beautiful picture. And my aunt raised up off the bed and looked at him and said, oh, so that's how you're going to do this. Took her by the hand and the Lord assured me. And I saw a picture of my aunt waltzing with Jesus into the staircase of heaven. And he looked at me and he said, I have never failed anyone. I didn't fail her. 
and I'm not failing you. He said, but I've let you be mad at me because you needed to get off this foundation you're standing on because it's wrong. Now I'm going to rebuild a foundation for you to stand on so you can teach others that nevertheless, Lord, this is what I want. I want this, but God, your will be done when it's all said and done. And when he showed me that beautiful picture and he put me on a new foundation, I understood that my affliction, my adversity, my troubles worked for my good. There was goodness attached to the power. And what I thought was my CD, God's anointed and said, oh, that's for me. The book you and I can read. I haven't read that book to this day. <laughs> it's still on my shelf, though. I keep it there just to remind me. Because I found that he was there in a song. He was there in my everyday. He was there in the things that in my life. I went looking for the Red Sea. I went looking for the fire to fall on Mount Carmel. But he was in the song. God was in the little thing. He was in that. And he's in that for you this morning. This story is about a woman who says, I have lost everything. I'm in the trial of my life. I'm in the trouble of my life. I don't see a way out. I'm helpless here. I've, I've done my part. We've taken care of the evangelists when they came in. My husband was mentored by you. You were his mentor. He loved you and looked at you, taught him so much, and now he's dead. And, and I've got all this debt, and now they're coming to take my sons. And I have nothing. This is a helpless situation and Elijah said under the anointing of the Spirit of God, he said, what do you have in your house? She said, I have nothing except this little jar of oil. I was going to try to find something really Israeli, but this will do. All I got is this. This is what I got, preacher. I just got a little bit. I just got next week's paycheck. That's all I got. I don't have nothing. I have nothing. There's nothing to look. I have no help here. I have no future. There's nothing. These boys are the only salvation I got for living my life. I'm going to just wither up and die now. Here I am. We've served the Lord faithful. And, and because she had served the Lord faithful, I'm telling you, that's the ticket. That's the thing that you and I have got to get. And, and I want to tell you about how you can be bold before the throne. You can be bold before God when you have been obedient and you have been faithful to Him. You have a right to come boldly before His throne. And she did. She knew she had a leg to stand on. She knew she had something to fight with and for. She knew it wasn't because of her works. It wasn't because of anything that she had necessarily done, but it was because of her faithfulness and obedience. Because of that, she knew she had a right to go to the prophet, I don't know what you're going through. It may be personal, maybe emotional, spiritual, social. But out of the widow's complete helplessness, the greatest blessing of her life was born. I told you already that God magnifies his goodness with his power. His power goes hand in hand with that. And when he's looking for you and I, and he's looking for the situations in our life, we don't always need to look out from a, uh, beyond our problem or beyond our circumstance to the big things and the way that God is going to... It may, it may not be in the planets and the starry night and it may not be in, in the waters parting or the fire falling. It, it may not be manna that falls in the morning. It may not be those things. It may be that God's going to take what you got in your hand right now. It, it might be that he's going to take what you have and multiply it 
what you have. He's going to give you the blessing. I'm speaking to somebody this morning. I, I was up at 4 o'clock this morning praying over this message, and I felt the power of the Lord tell me and show me in my spirit that there's folks that you think all you got is this. All you've got is this little bit, and this isn't going to do it. Well, I'm going to tell you something. It may be a little spot. It may be just a, a little bit of cash. It may be that you've got a little bit of an answer or a little bit of a hope, but I'm telling you, if it's the size of a man's hand, it can be a thunderstorm as big as you'll ever need. If you'll trust in God, lean hard on Him. Trust in His work of your life. I'm telling you, she told him, she said, oh, here is my adversity. Here's my affliction, and this is all I got. I want to tell you all throughout the Bible, we see several places where the, where the, the, the affliction or the adversity works for the good. Now think of Jacob, Jacob the supplanter. Jacob, the one who was the trickster, the one who did it all wrong and ended up surrendering, giving everything to him, to God, and he wanted to do what was right. He, he, he wanted, he was meant and called and chosen by God to be bigger and better than he was, but all he had to offer was failure. All he had to offer was his, this little bit of himself. And, and Jacob, the supplanter, the trickster, turned into Israel, the prince. Through his adversity, you remember the night that it turned around for him. You remember the night that he said, no more games, no more trying. No, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to give in to the things of this life. I'm going to trust in God completely for my future. And he's literally, he wrestled. The Bible says he wrestled with the, the man of God in capital letters, which lets you know it was between Jacob and God. There was a wrestling match that night, and I don't know if you've ever been there. I've been there. I've closed my door at times and closed the blinds, and I've had to say many times, on many occasions, Debbie, like you have, I've said, I'm not going to leave until I get the blessing. I'm not going to leave until I get an answer. I don't know if you still believe in praying through anymore, but this preacher does. I believe there are times I've got to get a hold of the hem of his garment. I've got to press in under the crowd and get away from everybody, and I've got to be by myself, and I've got to get to the place where I can feel and sense and know that he's given me direction and given me an answer. Jacob wrestled with him, the Bible says, until daybreak, and finally the man of God said, let me go. And Jacob said, I'll not let you go until you bless me. And the Bible says he was permanently marked so that that place would always be a memory. His family would always know. He said, what's your name, boy? My name is Jacob. He said, from henceforth, because you have wrestled with God and with man and you have prevailed. Ooh, did you hear that? Because you have wrestled, sometimes you've got to pray through. Sometimes you've got to get a hold. Sometimes you've got to hang on. I'll never forget, you know, seeing little old ladies in the altar. And, and I, years and years ago, it was so amazing. Sister Brooks was on this side. And I forget, it was Sister, uh, what was her last? Thrush on this side. And I'm praying for the Holy Ghost here. I've got Sister Brooks on this side. And she's saying, hang on, brother, hang on. And I've got Sister Thrush. And she's over here on the other side. Turn loose, Brother Ray, turn loose. And I was like, I don't know which one to do, you know. People mean well. They, they, it's awesome. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes you just got to be determined. You got to be determined. I'm not going to let go of this altar. I'm, I'm going to hang on until I let loose everything 
into your care. And that's what Jacob did. Finally, the blessing came. We know that in Exodus 15, the children of Israel in bondage, making bricks without straw, they had had all the trouble they could have. God promised them a deliverance. They saw it, the mountains on every side, the Red Sea in front of them, Pharaoh and his army behind them. It was a helpless, hopeless situation. Perhaps that's where you are this morning. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know what my next step is. I don't know what is ahead for me. All I know is that because the deliverance was God's and the trust in the hearts of the people and the obedience of the people, literally staring down the mountain, looking then into the Red Sea and hearing the hoofs of the horses behind them. Maybe you're there. They literally trusted God in complete obedience and faith and ended up doing the river dance on the other side. Ended up getting through and praising God and shouting and having victory on the other in impossible situations, God will see you through. Hear me, ladies and gentlemen, hear me. I'm telling you, in impossible situations, Brother Tony, God can get you from here to there. Impossible situations, God can win. He will win. Not man, not the church. How many years have we, we tried to chase after a certain evangelist only to find out, my goodness, you know, things are a little squirrely with them, or they got problems here and there, or we trust in a church or a denomination. You know, I've told you many times before, I'm church of God. I'm church of God until they stop preaching the word of God. When they stop doing that, I'll go be my own church somewhere. I'm not into a church, a denomination, a preacher of any kind. I'm not into that. I'm into Jesus Christ who gave himself for me. And he is the one who leads me and guides me and keeps me on my way. He's the truth, the life, and the way. And when I keep my focus on him, when I completely trust in him and lead him, he promises that when I'm obedient, when I'm surrendered, when I do this, I'm telling you, David learned through his, adver through his ad uh, adversarial... Wow. That's a hard word. He worked through his adversaries. He learned to trust and even to know God. Psalm 6 and verse 6 of chapter 31, he said, But I trust in the Lord. I'll be glad and rejoice in your name, for, I have con for you have considered my trouble, and I have known you in my adversaries. All Christians have gone through this same thing, but we learn and we have confidence and faith in Jesus who says that you will come through every adversity. You may be knocked down, but you're not knocked out. You go through perplexities. You go through troubles. You go through trials. That is a given. We go through them. But the awesome thing about God is that he promises that we will always come out on the other side. God always shows up. I've yet to see. I've yet to see a child of God who literally followed the Lord, was obedient to the Lord, faithful to the Lord. And I'm not talking about perfect before the Lord. How many of you know the difference between us and the failures out there is that the Christian has a way of, of saying, man, Lord, I repent and I get back up. You and I are strong in the Lord as we lean heavily and heartily on Him. But as we do that and we're faithful and we're obedient to it, then the Lord promises we will come out on the other side and we'll be victorious. Every time. I've yet to see the righteous forsaken. I said, I've yet to see the righteous forsaken. Now, I've only been in this for 
a few years, 30 to be exact. Raised in it my whole life. Gave my heart to the Lord 30 years ago. And in my 30 years, Jeff, I've never seen someone who was faithful and obedient to God kept themselves before him. I've never seen one person stand up and say, yeah, I did all that and he failed me. I've yet to see it. The only folks I've ever seen that come away with a rotten attitude and testimony that's negative is the people that gave up, threw in the towel, walked out, didn't finish. But if you will stay true, this woman faced death, walked away from the cemetery. The creditors are calling the house, telling them they're going to take her boys. She didn't have a jeep for them to repo, so they took her son. The creditors are knocking on the door. She could have given up. She could have sat down. She could have said, man, woe is me. But instead, she did something. She had a right. She had a privilege that I want to leave you with this morning. Because of her faithfulness, because she feared the Lord, and that means reverence. She, was, she honored him with her life. She was able to turn and say, we worked in God's house. We served you faithful. Here we are in need. What are you going to do? She had a right to ask the Lord, what's he going to do? An expectation. She had an expectation of faith. And I want you to know, God wants you, wants you to have in your own heart this morning. You say, well, I don't know about that, brother. I'm, listen, expectation is faith in action, and faith pleases God. When he sees you, when he saw that little woman, Elijah's standing there, and this little woman comes right through. She's left the cemetery. Her boys are in the car waiting. She walks right in there. She says, I'll see Elisha, thank you. I'm sorry, ma'am, you can't get to him right now. You'll have to make an appointment. I'm, I'll need to see him right now. She walks her way through there. She found him standing there. She walked right up to him. And she said, Elijah, I have something I need to tell you. All right. My husband, your servant, he's dead. Creditors are coming. They're going to take my only two sons. I have nothing left. I have no means of survival. What are you going to do? And the Bible immediately says, he turned and responded to her. I want you to know, when you come in expectation of faith and you have been faithful to him, you can expect that he'll be faithful right back. God doesn't hear every prayer. Somebody says, oh, wait a minute. Now, we live in a modern society, Pastor. We live in a world where everybody's prayers are accepted. It didn't even matter what God you call out to. Just, just call out. Well, you're, you're probably sitting in the wrong church this morning. <laughs> See, we, we believe there's one way. There's one Roman road, one Calvary, one God, one faith, one baptism. We believe that there is 
only one Savior. She looked at him. She expected. And I'm going to tell you, when God looked down on that situation and he saw that little woman march in that temple, find Elisha the prophet. And when she stood there and, she, and they said, you, you'll be waiting a long time, I'll wait. When she got a hold of him, her expectation pleased God so much that the Holy Spirit anointed. Keep coming, Gary. The Holy Spirit anointed the prophet to look at her and say, well, what do you have? What do you have in your house? She said, all I've got is this oil. He said, go borrow a bunch of vessels, empty ones. I don't forget, they've got to be empty. That teaches us something. God's looking for empty vessels with the little that we have. He said, when you get the vessels, you shut yourself up with your boys because God just don't do magic shows for all the people, especially the ones that don't believe. Because a lot of folks are going to laugh at you. A lot of folks are going to mock at you. They're not going to believe what you're doing. What does she want that old pot for? I don't know, man. My mom just told me to come borrow it. Can I borrow a big old pot from you? Well, I've got two or three here. Could I have all of them? All right. They fill the house full of empty pots. What's she doing? What's she doing over there with all them pots? Somebody, she's all shut up in there. We don't even have a clue what she's doing. All we know is that she talked to the prophet Elijah, and man, she is closed up. Something going on in that house. I don't know what it is, but man, she's got every pot in this town. House full of pots. People think you're crazy when you trust God. People think you're nuts when you trust God. People won't believe you when you tell them God's going to come through. When you get that bad report, they'd much rather you just take your lumps. They'd much rather you just give up. They'd much rather you just say, oh, Virgil's going to go through that. It's all right. Well, he just, he'll, you know, it, he's, he's been due. He ain't been sick in a long time. He'll, just, he'll get through it. Just get him a wheelchair and just push him around. But no, every time you walk in the room with Virgil and, and Liz, Liz has got faith. And she said, huh, uh-uh, we're not going to accept this. No, no, no. And you know what? Every single time, no matter what the bad news is, he comes out all right. He comes out just good. The report changes. Becky Wiley back there, you know, she's going to tell you, don't believe everything that the doctor always says. Oh, doctors are good. Doctors are wonderful. Nurses are wonderful. We need them desperately. God uses them. God called one to be a disciple. But not every report is always the last word. I said, not every report is always the last word. As long as there's a little oil, as long as you've got a little oil, long as you've got something, you can put in God's hand. You say, I need a financial miracle. Get you a penny out. Get you a nickel out. Put it in your hand. Hold on to that thing. And get you a bunch of empty pots. You need a miracle, you get yourself a bunch of empty pots. I don't know what your pots are. God does. God will show you. But get your pots ready. Take the little bit of whatever it is you've got, whatever it is you need. Find the thing. Find the very thing. You need peace. You find that very thing that represents peace. And you hang on to that. 
get yourself, make room for God in your life. Get, make room. You, the Bible talks about digging ditches and di don't dig them little. He said, get you some pots and don't, don't get just a few. Get a bunch of them. God wants you to set up for a big miracle. He wants you to set up for him to do something amazing and wonderful in your life. He wants you to believe him for something astronomical. He's a God of big things. But lit and little, little is much when God has it all. She poured one. After, can you imagine? Think about it just for a minute. Now I'm going to close. This story amazes me. She took that little jar of oil, and she's got the big pot right there, and she starts pouring. Can you imagine when her and the boys are in that house, and she started pouring? And it kept coming out. It kept coming out. Don't you know the Holy Ghost was all over her? She was probably doing a dance while she was doing that. Her boys were stunned. Can you imagine the shouting? People, her blinds are all closed. We don't know what's going on. All we hear is, great God, Jehovah, he's come through. Jehovah's come through. And they, she's in there shouting and dancing, and the music is going, and the whole, everybody's on the outside trying to get a peek on the inside. People want to know what's going on when the miracle comes, but you hang on. They weren't there when you needed them before, but they'll be there to hear the afterfowl. They'll, they'll be there to hear about the testimony. They'll be there then, and she kept pouring, and she kept dancing, and she kept getting excited. Bring me another one. Here we go, one after the other until they're all full. Finally, pours it out. She goes, bring me another one. There ain't no more, mama. There ain't none. We're all got them all. She, and then all of a sudden, she's like, oh, it's empty. God will always take care of you, and he'll always, whatever you prepare yourself for, that's where it'll stop. You believe him for big, you'll find big. You believe him for little, you'll find little. Play, faith pleases God. Can you imagine what it was like when she took that empty pot back? Whole week after that, all her bills are paid. She's driving an Escalade. <laughs> Neighbors are looking at her, can't believe it. She's pulling in. She says, okay, boys, let's, let's take all these pots back. We don't need them no more. Hello, Miss Jephthaniah. Got your pot back for you. Boy, it smells like fragrant oil. Oh, let me tell you what Jehovah did. Let me tell you what Jehovah did. Hello, Sister Sarah. Here's your, here's your vessel back. Thank you so much. Here, you, you brought three of them. Here's three of your vessels back. Oh, they smell so pretty. Oh, you ought to hear what he did. When God comes through for you, using the little bit that you've got, turning it into something big, it's going to bless everybody around. You get the smell, the fragrance, the goodness of God. The goodness of God is going to be there for everybody around you. Let me tell you, he, he may do the miracle in secret, but I'm telling you the testimony. He's going to shout it from the mountaintop. It's going to be beautiful what God gives you when the word comes out. God don't, he don't, man, he don't let people always in on all his secrets. But he sure lets him in on all the results. Amen? Stand with me this morning. I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know what's going on with you. Hezekiah said, Lord, I've walked before you in truth. I've done it with a perfect heart. And I've done that which is good in your sight. God answered and said, I've heard your prayers. I've seen your tears. I'm going to add into your days 15 more years. 
This worthy woman had a basis for her request. Thy servant does fear the Lord. The Bible says, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done for you. John 14 and 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Satan mocks your faithfulness, laughs at your calamity. But I remember an old saying. Used to say years ago, the enemy fears, though, and trembles when the weakest, 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 weakest Christian gets on his knees and calls out to his God. David said, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. He delivered me. God's going to deliver you this morning, and it may be something little that you've got. It may not be the Red Sea. It may not be fire on the mountain. I'm telling you, look for what you put in your hands. The thing that you need, find some way. Find something that represents what you need. The little thing. And you hang on to that with great faith. And you watch God move. He's going to move in your family. He's going to move in your marriage. He's going to move in your job situation. God's going to show you how powerful he is. Your testimony is going to bless others. The fragrance of your blessing is going to be on everybody around you. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, it doesn't take much. Moses, he only had a rod. Gideon had a couple lamps, pitchers. The little boy had five loaves and fishes. David had one sling with a couple stones. Whatever little you have in your hand, God is going to use it this morning. Wherever you are, where in this place, if you are needing to believe God for something miraculous and wonderful, this is the first altar call. You need God to perform a miracle for you, your life, your family. You need him to show himself powerful with goodness on your behalf. Would you just slip up your hand right where you are? God knows. Hands are going up everywhere. Praise God. The faith in this house is huge. We believe in you, Lord. We believe in you, Lord. I want you right now, before we go any further, I want you to reach over and take someone by the hand. And we're going to pray right now for these folks that need that miracle. Would you do that? We're going to agree together right now. Father God, as we come before you, Lord, that we bring our brothers and our sisters to you right now. We ask, Lord, that you will lead, you will guide, you will direct. Take the little bit that we have. Lord, we're going to find what it is that you're asking of us, and we're going to grab hold of that. Lord, we're going to make sure we make room for that. We're going to make room for the miracle. We're going to set up in our house. We're going to set up, Lord, in our job. We're going to set up, God, in our relationship. We're going to set up a place where there's plenty of room for you to move. We're going to see that miracle take place. Our faith is mighty in a God who is able. So we thank you for this this morning. We're going to see, we're going to see the miracle. We give it to you. Lord, I give you financial trouble. In the name of Jesus, I give you finances. Lord, in an economy and in so much that's going wrong on the job and in the, in the marketplace. God, we give every bit of this to you and ask you. Bring a miracle to pass for your people, Lord. We need oil. We need the oil 
in the jar. We need that, God, the supply. And Lord, I pray for families that need to be restored, for family life, for the sons and daughters, Lord, for there to be peace in the home. I pray for restoration in the love. You brought them together in the beginning. It's your will that they work it through and work it out. God, I pray that you'll touch now and bring restoration to families. And I pray, God, you'll bring decision and you'll bring guidance and teaching to those that need your direction this morning. You said your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. That you'll lead and guide our every step that we're ordered of the Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Let it be done and so in a miraculous way. And I praise you and thank you for these things that are done because our faith is strong in a God who is able. In Jesus, your name I pray. And everyone agreed and said amen. Now if you just wait just a moment with me. I wouldn't dare want to close this service out with giving someone the opportunity to receive Jesus. If you're here today and you need the Lord as your Savior, you don't even know where to begin as far as trusting and leaning hard upon Him or giving Him the little things. You haven't even given Him your heart yet. But if you're here today and you need Jesus, Christians, I'd ask you right now to just begin praying with me that someone in this house will leave here today with a relationship with Christ. You need him as your savior. You need him as your Lord. You don't want to leave here without him today. You can't go through the troubles and tragedies of life if you don't have him to lean on. I'm telling you, you don't want to do that. You've come here today in answer to someone's prayers. You're here. You're in this place and you need Jesus. If you're here and you need him today, we're going to pray a prayer in just a few moments that will turn your life upside down. It's going to change everything. A brand new heart. The Bible says old things passed away. Everything becomes new. I'm going to pray that prayer for you right now. If you're here and you'd pray that with me, would you just slip your hand up and write back down? God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? I'm going to pray that prayer with you, Pastor. This morning I'm going to receive Jesus into my heart. I'm looking for your hand. Anyone else? Amen. God bless you, sister. Praise God. Thank God for these that have lifted their hand. Is there anyone else? Lord, touch us by your Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, brother. Not going to leave here without making that most important decision in my life. Hands have went up. Is there anyone else? I need to get saved this morning. Anyone else? All right, these that have lifted your hand, we're going to believe with you right now for the miracle to take place in your life. It may feel like it's just a prayer to you, but I'm telling you, all of heaven is going to be aware, and heaven is paying attention right now to the prayer that you're going to pray. As I told you before, he promises a brand new heart, gives you a brand new life. He says, everything from yesterday has passed away. Everything now becomes new. We're going to pray this prayer, and as we do, I'd ask you to pray with me, and I'd ask everyone else, if you would, to help me. We're going to pray this together and take these folks to Jesus. It's our privilege to be able to escort you to the throne today. Can we pray together? Let's do this. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. I make you my Lord. I know you died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. You purchased my salvation. So I give you my life. I believe you're the Son of God. 
And now I'm confessing it with my mouth. According to your precious word. Having given you my sins. Them washed by your blood. I am a new creation. I'm saved. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We have just two, a couple of things we want to mention right before you leave today, and we're going to close in prayer. First thing is that this coming Wednesday is going to start uh, something new here at 7 o'clock. We are having a growth track class, and it's a new membership class. If you've ever wondered what the Church of God is about, if you've ever wondered what the pastor's vision, different things that come along with our church, maybe you have questions about your own calling and your, your own giftings and talents, we are having a four-week new membership class, and it starts uh, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock back in room 512. If you're interested in that, we'd love you to be a part of that. Also today, if you're new here at our church in the last three months and you would like to meet the staff, and we would just like to meet you, have a time of fellowship with you, and that will be right over here. It's our meet and greet time. It'll be right out these doors in the main office. If you've been here in the last three months, we'd like to meet you, shake your hand, and uh, just chat with you for just a second. With that being said, we are going to pray. We're going to dismiss, but I want to uh, let you know uh, one of our folks have, have uh, been called out. Uh, Christian Mace has been called out of the service. Uh, his mom has been rushed to the hospital. So we're just going to pray in dismissal, and as we pray, we're going to pray uh, over that need. So let's pray today. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, for your blessings. We thank you, Lord, that you've provided. And Lord, you bless and that you move. And God, you want to move. And the little we have, God, we trust you with it today. And we want to see big and wonderful things. Lord, we pray that you would touch every need and every situation that would be here. People that feel like they're at their end, they're at their last moment. God, we know that you're able to move and work and you're going to bless and do wonderful things. And God, we pray that you would touch our sister today, Lord, that's been rushed to the hospital. Pray that you'd be with her and take care of her. Be with Christian and his family and just watch over them. And God, bless us, Lord, as we leave here today, as we're the church. God, we want to take the blessings and take the, the miracles and take your message to the world around us, Lord. Anoint us and use us and God keep us safe. In Jesus' name. Amen.